face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. We are, <laughs> we are back. On another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek, and uh, we're on to the next episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, the next exciting episode called Legacy, another uh, episode about family. (laughs) Wow. Season four, what is this, the seventh episode, and we're really... uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? I don't mind. I think it's peculiar, but I mean the episodes are good so far. I mean, Brothers well, was good. I'll be honest. <laughs> I think uh, you know. I mean, obviously, this is you know. You only notice this if you watch it in order. That's true. Um, but you don't. You don't. That's one of the things. Is you know another debate. Is it is it better to have a show that you have to watch in order, or is it good to have one you can jump around randomly in? Well, I mean, the, I, I, for syndication, uh, they would just you know they would mix right. it up. It didn't really matter. I think today we're conditioned to watch them in order because we're more into well the networks or, or the people who put television on are more. Uh, they're more into serialized television, which I always was from the beginning. But anyhow, I think when you watch everything in order, it's just a weird mini trend fad in the next generation. It's all of a sudden, everybody's got a sister and a brother and a, and a grand nephew. And, a grand and nephew. I'm like, okay, what's... It's like family ties. Uh, oh my you know. gosh, uh... What was the theme song to that? What will we do, baby, without us? Without us. Oh, Ain't no, no nothing right. we can't get each other through. Oh, my God. <laughs> you opened the door. Um, family Ties. I did intentionally. <laughs> I know. I knew you'd know the, the theme. I, you forget that uh, Star Trek The Next Generation started in the late 80s. So, I mean, this episode... It, you know, there's definitely a lot of uh, '80s fashions going on on this colony that's uh, that takes notice. place on the sets of uh, Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> right? The great, <laughs> the great CBS. Classic, Doesn't it look like Beauty the sewer the sets re- redressed to uh, to be sci-fi? I was looking for for Father. <laughs> Uh, as played by Roy Roy Deutris, <laughs> who was in the movie Eliminators right. with Denise oh Crosby. Um, but I will say this: this episode seems to be a twist on all these family episodes. It's kind of like they're in the writers' room and they're like. God, we've got to come up with another family one. But what do we do? We've already done this guy's dad, this guy's mom, this guy's sister. Wait a minute. I know. Tasha's sister. She's dead. The dead girl's sister. The dead girl's sister. Girl's sister. Yes. So epi- That's a the, twist. You're right. And there, well, this episode's full of uh, twists and turns. Let's uh, go ahead and do the episode summary. Um, <clears throat> the So... As we've already kind of revealed, the Enterprise receives a distress signal from uh, a ship that's uh, going uh, going down over Tarkana Four. They're having problems with their uh, warp core, and uh, uh, it's 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 going to blow up. And this is the this is what I was talking about in our previous episode, where uh, when the Enterprise can't make it there on time, they're like, "Oh well, thanks for trying." 
And, you know, it's like, wow, okay. But apparently some crew some crew members make it down to the surface and uh, manage to survive. However, they are captured by uh, members of one of the warring factions on the planet, the Alliance. So in an attempt to go and retrieve them, uh, the crew encounter uh, the coalition uh, forces and uh, being their first point of contact, they, you know, at first the coalition leader's like, well, I'll help you retrieve your crew members, but what will you do for us? You know, Starship's not going to miss a few phasers and things like that. Um, but when it looks like they're not going to agree to do that, he quickly changes his tune and uh, does a little research and discovers that among his ranks is a, the sister of one of their crew members. And so he decides to use this opportunity to <clears throat> hopefully soften Starfleet's uh, position uh, to help the coalition. And, you know, <laughs> there's more going on than just meets the eye. But anyways, uh, the crew reluctantly or kind of trepidatiously agree to work with uh, Tasha's sister. And in fact, at first, they don't even believe that it's her, but a DNA test quickly reveals that it is in fact her and also she begins to prove her mettle so to speak with some heroic acts and uh starts to really endear uh herself onto the crew and and is performing almost instantaneously as though she's she fits right in she's a member of the crew she takes these risks to help them everything's going fine uh they concoct a plan to um to uh, retrieve the uh, the the lost crew members, um, which involves, by the I failed to mention that everyone on the planet has like a little proximity alarm, and uh, right. if you try to remove it, it's it kills you, it explodes or whatever. But <clears throat> of course, uh, when uh, the data comes up with a way to to, to circumvent this. Um, and so they go down to save the crew, but unfortunately, um, there was a, a, a plan all along, which Ishara was to gain the trust of the Enterprise crew, which she does very well, so that she could go into uh, a sensitive area on the Alliance territory and destroy a power uh, generator so that um, it would cripple the Alliance's defense systems and then the Coalition could come in and storm them and you know everything like that. However, uh, Data... Who catches on to this? Who happens, you know, out of looking, you know, looking out for her at first and worried about her, uh, realizes that she is she has planned this and stops her from doing so. And then the episode ends uh, with uh, Tasha's sister not, you know, betraying basically the crew, and they're all left disappointed. Especially Data. Well, he says he's not disappointed, but he of, he of course may be the the most affected at most, most disappointed. disappointed. Yeah. Um, and we have a nice moment uh, where Riker kind of explains to Data what it means to trust and 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 friendship and humanity and things like that. And that's it. We we get to meet Tasha's sister, and we never see her again. <laughs> again, like like so many of the never see her again. The, that, and the, that is true. Episode. She doesn't appear in any. Uh, you know, always check. You know, beyond the canon, as right. they say. And and she never she's not in any comic book, she's not in any novel. She's actually not in. There's a novel that came out uh, that was set partly on on Tasha's planet, but it was during the first season, and there's no mention of a sister in that book because <laughs> obviously this episode didn't exist and they didn't even you know. So yeah, there's no other mention of her. At all. It would have been neat to have her somehow come back in the C- the what's her name Sila Tasha Romulan sister I mean uh, daughter thing, thing. yeah whatever <laughs> that, that, later that, that is we'll get to so, that later did, I I think I covered everything in the summary right was I missing anything no no you you pretty much covered so it. what do you what do you think um, of this. <laughs> What do we think of this episode, Doctor? Let's get go. Let's get into the to the meat of the discussion here. I, I actually, I actually like it. Um, I think it's a very. I think the actress yes. is who plays Tasha's sister is is excellent. I think that's what what uh, ended up 
being delightful about this episode was actually I could totally have seen her as a reoccurring character. And that's kind of a disappointment as well. Um, again, not, you know, nothing, there's nothing you can do about it. There's a 30 year old show now. <laughs> the show's 30 years ago. And at the time, this was the norm on television. You tried to be episodic and not serialized, as you say, even though, you know, we do have reoccurring characters like Vaj. I just think it would have been difficult to bring her back. There's really no. Uh, beyond the confines of this episode, there's, there's really not a lot that that you can do to bring her back, especially since the crew f- literally moves on from this. <laughs> like, they're never going to go back yeah. to Tarkana 4, and she clearly makes a decision that she doesn't want a better life because she, uh, she is offered the opportunity, in a sense. The opportunity arises where she can think about leaving and coming on to Starfleet like she she could actually apply to to Starfleet and and you know change her her way of living but that being said did you buy that did you buy it's that a, actually that? it's funny in my notes I have a question here uh which is uh do you think that she ever softened from her mission or do you think she was the whole time playing the crew I think the show reveals that she did soften in that thing that she has that moment at the end of the episode where she says to Data, if it's any consolation, you were the closest thing I've ever had to a friend. And I kind of love that Data just says, energize. <laughs> and like, just like, it's like kind of like, go to hell, you know? <laughs> like, um, I think it's like what Counselor Troy said in the episode. I think she sa- sensed a deep conflict. I mean, when you've been living, all she's known. Tasha escaped this life, and it took Tasha 15 years to turn into the person that she became, as Picard beautifully describes in that scene in Sickbay, um, and honors kind of Tasha. I love that that I love that that scene and many others in this episode. But I could see like where working with the Enterprise crew for a few hours on this mission has opened her mind. I genuinely believe that she has now, she, she at least now no longer thinks of her sister as a coward or whatnot, but having lived that life and being so devoted to a cause, I can also see how she would be extremely conflicted or, you know, how could she could be double-minded, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, even though I've seen this episode before, and, and I know generally what happens, I was still surprised because I don't watch. I haven't watched it in a long time. I was surprised when it happened. <laughs> uh, like I was thinking, well, maybe something else happens, and, and that's how she stays behind. But uh, I was generally surprised by the the turn uh, because I think the scene that convinced me she was you know opening up her 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 mind to the idea of of the path that tasha took was the scene on the in 10 forward when she was with data which i think is is really one of the best scenes i've seen brent spiner in uh brent spiner i think does uh i mean episodes obviously a lot about the actress who plays ishara uh, Ishara, who's played by... She's played by an actress named Beth Toussaint, I believe is how they pronounce it. But um, Brent Spiner does a fantastic job with his non-expression. Oh, I know. It's so it's so good, yeah. He's just... <laughs> he, he really perfects... You know, with, with Data, it, it's... It, he's Sometimes it's like, oh, the guy has emotions. Don't try to pretend. <laughs> it's there. It's a sham. And then other times, he actually steps up to the plate, and you're like, oh, wow, look at this guy. Look at how this... It's so subtle. It's it's just... It's it's a mask. It's almost like it's a mask. There's, there's something interesting that I've noticed. Uh, this is... Okay. All right. You pro- well, did you have to go soon? <laughs> oh, okay. No, 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 no. There's no, something sorry. interesting I've noticed uh, about Data's character. This is, I think, maybe the third 
time he's been paired up with a very um, aggressive, um, traumatized, war, like war, ward like character. And you remember? Well, Is do it? you remember the the planet with um, Doctor Cochran, but not playing Doctor Cochran? Uh, <laughs> the uh, the prison escape planet. So yeah. Data has uh-huh. a, a dialogue with him in That's in true. that episode. Then there was another one that I can't. Uh, well, it feels like it's maybe the third time, but they seem to put Data into these situations as like a first contact, if you will, <laughs> with, with like a more aggressive species. And I wonder, do you think that it's you know, do you think it's because he he can actually remain objective and not have an emotional response to some of these like kind of? Uh, you, you have to remember, I think that the Federation crew, the Starfleet crew. They're mostly not used to this kind of like they're beyond war, they're beyond aggression, things like that, you know. But when I've noticed when like when they do face a more aggressive situation, they tend to lose their cool or like not understand or whatever. But data doesn't. And so, do you think it's like something that's intentional? Like, do the do do the crew put data into these situations as a liaison, or do you think that you know? I don't know. What what do you think? <laughs> well, it's 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 uh, it's definitely to his advantage. It's a, it's an advantage that he has in those situations where he doesn't. He's not bound by emotion. Oh, it's the one where he gets responses. kidnapped. Was the other situation I was thinking of? It's like he's uh, you know again another aggressive aggressor, unreasonable type of personality, and he, you have the juxtaposition of data against him yeah. you know like so i think it's interesting that they it, it is an interesting kind of dichotomy. dichotomy but i think it also teaches young audiences maybe a different way to respond to aggression data is teaching us that if you try to remain it, calm, calm and keep your emotions and check and objective uh-huh. that maybe there's a side to the story that you maybe there's something there that can be Resolved in a different way, outside of the normal conflict. It's the Vulcan. Way, I guess so. I guess yeah, Vulcans say. would react similarly. Similarly to this, it's true. Which, um, by the way, Commander Burnham <laughs> on Star Trek Discovery uh-huh. is the most emotional uh, Vulcan-trained officer. <laughs> but I love it. I kind of well, love it. And with just the one hour I've seen, I would certainly <laughs> agree with that. I can't wait to start um, talking about Star Trek Discovery. But we're not ready yet. Um, Starfleet Boy is not ready. <laughs> we're not set up for it. <laughs> we will be soon. <laughs> um, Which a new episode airs tonight, I, by the way. <clears throat> oh, okay. Fourth episode. Um... You know, I, I, I think, you know, like I said, you know, well, you mentioned the episode where Data is kidnapped, and I wasn't a fan of that episode. I didn't buy Data's uh, lack of, I mean, you know, he's subtly trying to manipulate, or not so subtly, actually, trying to manipulate the, um, uh, the emotions of the other woman who ends up getting right. killed by the kidnapper. And, but in this episode, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I mean, part of it has to do with the fact that obviously Data had a very close and personal relationship with Taja. And that has stayed in his memory. And he even admits to Riker at the, in the epilogue. And the epilogue really makes the episode. Uh, that epilogue was in Riker's quarters, uh, where he he says, you know, it's. I think he, did he says it's been a week. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't realize it. I don't know how I long. Really, I thought it. Was, I felt. I felt it was like pretty much immediately. We'd have to go back and watch it. That's something I might have missed, but um, I, I thought know. it was immediately after the, or more or less immediately after the transport of Ishara. Because he he comments on how she. It's been a certain amount of time. And I'm still consumed by mm. the memory of of uh, of Ishara, Yar, and 
and he doesn't understand why. And uh, his conversation with Riker, I think, is 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 really I wrote, great. I wrote uh, the line down, which is data in all trust. There is a possibility is the possibility of betrayal, and I don't think uh, you know. And he says, "Well, you know, then." if that's the case, should we not trust? And he's like, well, no, uh, I don't think anyone's ever prepared for the betrayal, but without trust, there is no friendship and no closeness. Um, and you know, it's, it's true. Uh, it's an, an interesting yeah. phenomenon trust, you know, like you kind of have to just do it <laughs> and then right. deal with the possibility. There's always the possibility of betrayal. There's always it's a possibility. And I, I think that that gets to the heart of this episode. It's something again that we can all relate to, in one form or another. The betrayal of a trust by a close confidant, a friend, a family member. Anyway, whatever. your government. And your government. <laughs> yeah. Not to Not get to political. Get political. On I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, is Arthur reacting? Um, but it's something that we can all relate to, and I, I think in, in many ways this is kind of a, a cl- almost a classic Star Trek structure, you know, especially with that epilogue. That epilogue seems like something that in the original show would have been handled with one of those typical McCoy, Spock, standing around Kirk scenes, right. you know, where. You know, Kirk says something and Spock says something philosophical, and McCoy says, Well, you green blooded <laughs> son of a bitch. And, you know, Kirk says, Don, now, now, doctor. And then, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a theme that runs through the episode very well. And I think it, uh, you know, and the fact that they use the Tasha's uh, sister, I think it, it worked. Perfectly. It plays I mean, on both uh, the audience's emotions and the characters, of course. It, yeah. It'd be like any one of us, if a relative that we, if a, a dear friend of ours uh, who died, suddenly we find out that they had a sister or brother or relative, there's a natural compulsion to want to get to know that person. Like, oh my gosh, like to almost, because there's, there's a degree, you know, of like, well, maybe you're like, my friend, you know, like, you know, and, and of course we know siblings can be completely different from each other, yes, yes. <laughs> but there's still something interesting about it, whether it's even, and I think the casting was really good because there is a physical resemblance to oh, yeah. Tasha, Absolutely. uh, with, um, with the actress, uh, uh, Beth Toussaint and, um, no, I thought that was cool. Another scene that stood out to me, which I think shed a little bit more, uh, light and it also brought up another interesting kind of idea was when she's at the she's assisting data in some kind of uh, you know uh, research um, on the bridge and by the way she changed into from her 80s leather kit to this like spacesuit jumper <laughs> you know, which is reminiscent of like later on I guess seven of nine or uh, or uh, uh, to Paul. <laughs> To, Paul, yeah. to Paul's outfit. I think it's very curious yeah. uh, that, uh, which I have nothing against this, but I think it's very curious that women in the future uh, tend to wear these like very form-fitting uh, tight outfits, but men are wearing a little bit more baggier clothing. So I don't know what that says about Star Trek or the future that Gene Roddenberry envisioned, but we, we I think we've all agreed that... It's Gene Roddenberry's vision. What <laughs> can I tell you? That Gene Roddenberry, we all know what his vision Gene was. Gene Roddenberry had some very interesting ideas about human sexuality and, and things like that. So. <laughs> Anyways, um, going back to that, that point, she starts to... She's very curious and wonders if Data can actually have friends. You know, and at, at yeah. first she says, you know, something like, but don't you need emotions? And Data's, Data points out that he thinks that friendship is more a case of uh, proximi- proximity and fam- familiarity rather than emotion. And I wonder what you think about that. And because to me, it rang a little true because there have been there have been times where I may not have had an emotional connection with someone, but seeing them over and over again, it developed 
just because of that familiarity. Well, I, I think that's something that certainly would ring true in a uh, a workplace, which that makes sense. Which, which, I guess, next generation. I mean, I guess all of them kind of. It have, is, well, it's their jobs. These are. It's, it's a, we forget yeah. that, but this is like. They're they're they have a job to do. They're doing their right. jobs. They are work. It, it you know Star Trek. I guess that. I guess I have to say it might be a really great show to watch if you're having trouble. Working in a team or or at your workplace, I think Star Trek: The Next Generation could be a cathartic or possibly a, a, a therapeutic show. <laughs> For you, because th- there are a lot of issues that come up that do occur in the workplace. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of like the ultimate workplace. Tr- it's drama, the office dramedy. before the office. It's the office before the office. <laughs> I wonder if Ricky yeah, Gervais was inspired by Star Trek. <laughs> I wish someone will do because they've already done the Office, uh, Lord of the Rings, and they've already done like the office. Someone should do the Office Star Trek. I'm saying it right here. Right now, NBC yeah. uh, Saturday Night Live should do st- The Office on Star Trek. It'd be pretty funny. That would be hilarious, actually. Um, I, I think in that scene, well, I mean, Data doesn't doesn't have emotions, as he says. So I think he's defining what friendship is for him. In, in that situation. Yeah, but he says that he's uh, observed that for humans, friendship is less about emotion and more about familiarity. And I think, you know, in an office setting, that's an example that I think does ring true yeah. because you don't really get to spend a lot of emotional time. There's a difference, I think, when you're... I think it, it is situational. It depends where you've made that friend, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, in this case, I, I can see what what he's saying I mean he hasn't had the experience of say I mean we we have to I mean, we have to assume that all of those people have friends beyond mm-hmm. the ship I mean we occasionally we see them well Dr. Dr. And uh, Dr. Quace from the previous episode right Dr. Quace from the previous episode of course uh, but we have to assume that there are lifelong friends that uh well, we saw it also in Family, Picard's friend who. Oh, runs Lewis, the, uh, I think, right? Yep, Lois, right? So I mean, you know, we have to assume that there are friendships <laughs> that they all have friends beyond the Enterprise that date back, you know, before you know they were. Who well, they yeah, are they've right only now. been together four and, years and, so far. But that those friendships are obviously not based on familiarity as much because you don't see them as often. So there has to be a more of an emotional uh, well, right. content to that friendship. But see, Data doesn't have that experience because obviously, I mean, you know, he, he was found on that planet. But he and, does say that he can. Uh, it's interesting, though. He says that the way his programming works is that he can actually experience uh, a sense of missing a person like Tasha, like he misses Tasha's presence. Yes, that so was interesting. it is again. There's this like weird tin, man, uh, you know, tin can the the Tin Man thing about Data. Like you know, he's he's looking for the Wizard of Oz to give him his heart, but he's but already, he's got, already one, got one, which is which has always been a really interesting idea to to pursue there. <laughs> I mean. Uh... Yeah, Dana's looking for the heart, but he already has one. In some ways, Worf is looking for... Courage. Uh, respect. And cur- yeah, and, and courage, really, literally. like yeah. You know... He is you know, the cowardly lion, but he's not so cowardly. <laughs> no, but I mean, his whole thing about honor and, and people are not going to take him seriously right. as a Klingon. But they do take him seriously as a Klingon. He's the one who doesn't take himself seriously. The crew have a tough the crew have a tough time mistrusting Ishara, and I thought what was particularly interesting and well done, even though it was in the lot of screen time, Michael Dorn's performance was really good. How that one moment, which was like kind of not like a wharf typical wharf thing, where he kind of right he looks the, back at her and he's like very curious, and he kind of smiles at at Ishara, and he's very interested in her. 
he even explained oh okay, yeah and he also one. explains yeah. later on like he you know he says like if you if you do join starfleet we would be the ones honored um on the way to the, the transporter right. and then yeah. um what was the other thing um um I can't remember, but there was a lot of cool moments where normally Worf would be distrusting, but here you could see because of his affection for Tasha and because he took up her post, there is something else going on between him and Ashara, yeah. which I thought was a really nice, nice, it was very subtle, subtle and different, very yeah. understated, but it was definitely there. Um, something that was interesting at the beginning of the episode, I thought it was funny came out of nowhere was remember Crusher? The scene between him and Crusher? Wait, no. I don't know where Remind that came me? from. That Crusher he Quarf kind of doubts whether it's safe for Crusher to go down being down on the planet. He's like, well, you know, maybe you should stay or something. <laughs> and Crusher's like, no, I can handle myself. Thank you very much. I, you know. That totally, I, this is, it's like a Maybe you I'm making that making, up, but I, I could have sworn that happened right before they beamed down to the planet. Well, I haven't I haven't uh, seen this episode in about a week, so it's possible that I've okay. forgotten that scene. But in my notes, I did, I did, I do remember. So, was it? Huh? They were playing poker together, though, right? In the beginning, it was Data, Riker. It was Data, Riker, Crusher, Crusher. and Worf, and that was actually a really. Was it Worf? I don't remember Worf was there. Yeah, it was totally Worf because he's okay. like somehow like uh, it, the game ends up being between Riker and Data, and there's that whole part where Worf is like, um, "Well, it looks like you've excluded, you know, the, you know, far be for me to dispute my commanding officer, but it looks like you know you, <laughs> you've excluded us." But I don't remember now. My memory's so bad, Doctor. <laughs> What is what is I, happening I may to be, me? I may, I may have made up that scene. It's I don't possible. Know. I'm sure someone will tell us in the help comments. Help us out here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did, did that, that really happen? happen? What are we did I imagine it? Yeah. Is this another example of the Mandela effect? I felt like maybe they're doing experiments at the LHC right now. Um, the uh, the poker game though that was pretty funny. I did think it was for a moment. I thought Data was going to be had in that scene and again this is another delightful example of like a little tiny scene that normally you would just think of as a throwaway or like whatever but it kind of actually represents the theme of the episode because data kind of you know like with that whole scene where Riker does that that poker that card trick with the jack of hearts and everything like that Oh yeah, <laughs> and right. Everyone it. else is like, oh, <laughs> and Data's like the whole time, you know, no, this is actually what happened. Why didn't he see? It was the same thing. Like he he couldn't see through uh, the the uh, Ishara's, Ishara's illusion bluff. or bluff, if you will. Exactly. So right. her poker face ended up being the best one of everyone. <laughs> Of everyone. Oh, excellent observation, <laughs> sir. Excellent observation. So, that's great writing. Well, right Star Trek: The Next Year is why we love this show. <laughs> it's great writing right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> what else are we? What else? Oh, the Coalition and the Alliance. Let's spend a little time <laughs> talking about that. So, apparently, they're responsible for. Um, Tasha and Ashara's parents' death, and so it's interesting. The story, I think, it would have been really cool. And again, it's a shame that this is not explored in the novels, as you say. Maybe there has been one since you've last looked into it. I don't know, um, but it would have been a neat thing to explore this, like um, this world, a little further because apparently, um, you know, the government collapsed, and then you had these two factions, basically the coalition and the alliance. I like these ambiguous names, but that they don't. But they both sides don't sound exactly evil, you know. Like coalitions work. To, we have coalitions when we create. We create coalitions when we're sending troops, you know, off to fight yeah. some skirmishes. And then the alliance certainly doesn't sound like the bad guys, right? Because we think of the Rebel yeah. Alliance in Star Wars, or just you know, it's interesting how they framed the 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 society, if you will. And so, but I, what I think is very interesting is that there's always, 
the characters, the two, Tasha and Ishara, one stayed behind and one left. And the, you know, yeah. and she has no respect for her sister at, at first until, by the way, I don't know if we talked about it deeply, but like that was also a cool thing to find out how Picard came to know Tasha. You know, yeah, we'd the, never heard there was a mission before. that he was on and, and Tasha was serving aboard another ship. And it also I love hearing about the crew serving on other ships like it, it's kind of also cool that it's not their first rodeo. Any of them, really, because Riker served on another ship. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, not every everyone, of course, but some of them, it is their first time. But like all of these crew members have had a career you know, before the Enterprise. And we're seeing them here now at the pinnacle of their career, which is very realistic because you don't just start off on the Enterprise. It's very rare unless you're very low-ranking entry level. But at their positions, they've all earned this commission, you know, and they're on the flagship of the of this, of the Federation. But, yeah, it was cool to hear yeah. that she, she was involved in some kind of cool mission with mines and, and saving, you know, people and and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I, I thought the the groups on the planet just seemed kind of like laser tag or something. <laughs> you know, with, uh, like la- all that would have a been a great laser tag. Uh, remember, uh, in the nineties, the the laser tag uh, they would have these like there were these like large halls or auditoriums and yeah. you'd play late and it was set yeah. up like that with like you'd, you'd play, play laser, laser tag. tag. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And that's what the whole thing. Which, by the way, those sets are redresses of the Borg. Oh yeah, uh, ship. <laughs> that's true. So, good point. They look good. They look good. Redress. Um, yeah. They look good. But yeah, it just kind of seemed like two laser tag teams. I, I, I think the um, you know the only previous uh, look at the planet was in that in the episode. Um, gosh, what episode is it? One where we just see that one scene that looks like where Tasha's kind of with a cat. She has a cat or something yes. like that. She has right. a cat. It's very dark and and it's very foreboding and and very uh, very haunting. And then we get we get we see it here, and it, I don't know. It, it didn't really live up to the. Well, uh, it's a different environment. I think they actually address it in the show, and I might be making this up also. But, but I think they they there's a line. There's been some progress. There's a line then, somewhere right? where you know because they mention how hostile it was, and they they kind of say, well, it's not like that anymore, because in Tasha's right. time, there were like it was pretty chaotic. There were rape gangs and all kinds of right. things so you could you could see a difference here so i think that's kind of actually a plus for this episode to see uh, a memory in a brief scene from 15 years ago cuz they established that tasha left 15 years ago um to this point now which is interesting where in the previous episode we had uh we had a guest come on the show that was from 15 years in dr crusher's past so this whole yeah. fifteen years ago thing, a lot, a lot happened fifteen years. Interesting. Ago. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's interesting. Interesting observation. Well, there, yeah. fresh off the right. discussions, uh, it's easy to do that. Um, I liked also that when the the leader of the coalition presents Ishara, Picard has to actually pause the. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hold, reactions. There's like no. There's no, it's like, just react. He has no idea what to do. He's like, reactions. Just give me your raw reactions. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool example of leadership. And another great example of leadership is uh, after Riker. So Riker actually puts his limb, uh, life on the line and, and saves Ishara when, when she gets into some trouble on the first yeah. on the first attempt to go down and retrieve information from the the shadow Oh yeah, craft. that scene with Picard. That's right. And Picard's questioning him. He's like, you know, you really put, you really did some un- took some unnecessary risks there. And Riker confesses. He's like, well, I lost Tasha on my away mission, and it's totally reasonable. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, yeah. I forgot a, about that. That's yeah, a great scene. An, another great scene. He goes, I lost Tasha on my away mission, so I just felt really hard pressed to not can't lose the, the other sister. Sister. could yeah. you imagine if the episode took that right. turn and Picard does a great job because he's like listen you know he's like we can't let emotions get in the way of 
of this mission and Riker's like you know like you're right I understand like he's disappointed he's about to leave and just he's about to leave Picard says well done commander and I thought that's so great like another another example of a leadership role where you are you know setting the right example but now that the action's been done no regrets let's move on and good job you know what I mean like it's like I thought it was a great realistic yeah yeah I'd forgotten that scene that was a great scene yeah yeah, yeah. The, the episode shows a lot of you know uh, how everybody was tied to Tasha in one way or another, and um, and it was just very interesting to because I mean this is not a show where people are very reflective. I mean you know we we don't have many we don't have another major cast shakeup again really. So we don't have many episodes like this because no one really leaves right. the show from, from here on out. That's true. Um, so you just you just don't have. There's no. You know, it's not like maybe Deep Space Nine or other shows where, you know, you can stop to remember somebody or whatever. But Next Generation doesn't have that because nobody. There's no other cast shakeups. So it, it's interesting. Um, what? You know, I, I think it's a very good I episode. Do too. I. I what yeah, does the I book mean, say think, uh, about this episode, Doctor? It's a bold, bold. <laughs> the book says. The book, the great Larry Nemesic right here. Let's see. By the way, is that a who's that in the background there? Is that Galactus or something like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, right here. The destroyer or the eater of worlds. Fascinating. Or destroyer of worlds or What's that like a giant like yeah. construction? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty big. <laughs> so like a construction drill? <laughs> yeah, it's... Is that how he destroys worlds there? I think this is what actually he uses. He, he rides Whoa. on this. Isn't yeah, the Silver Surfer his herald? That's yes. right. Yes, you're right. Sir. I have a little memory. Yeah, here I know a little bit about yeah. comics here and there. <laughs> there you go. I'm impressed. Or I pay attention to the movies, at least. Speaking of movies, on a side note, while you look up that uh, episode, uh, I highly recommend we don't we're not going to do a a full review of anything other than Star Trek. We're trying to stick to Star Trek here. But Blade Runner 2049 is amazing. I highly recommend everyone go out and see it. Yeah, I hope to see it very soon. I like the, I like the way you're glad you resemble Captain Kirk in Star Trek, Star Trek two, three, and four, with Doctor McCoy's gift, the glasses. But I'm allergic to retinacs. Retinacs. Uh, it's Joe Minoski's first script for the series. Um, which will forever live in the annals of Next Generation Trivia as the 80th episode, the one that broke the record of the 79-episode run of the original series. Wow, we're officially past the original series. That's remarkable. Yeah, it is. Wow. It is. To help mark the milestone, the cast and staff wrapped the filming with a party reported by... Entertainment Tonight. And there was a cake adorned by the art staff's special congratulatory logo. Uh, We're given more background history, including uh, that Tasha's parents were killed in uh, Cadre Crossfire just after Ishara was born about four and a half years after Tasha and uh, Picard uh, well yeah and of course the story you referred to that Picard tells uh, the starship Potenkin the last to have contact with uh, Tucana 4 was a former assignment of Lieutenant Riker oh. mentioned in peak performance fascinating and a namesake of Kirk era starship seen in the ultimate computer Um. Yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's that's all. 
The book doesn't say it. Well, there's more, but you know, you gotta buy. You gotta the book. buy the book. I don't want to. Is there any? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. We spoil. haven't gone into. We haven't heard from uh, our friend uh, who does the alien, uh, the funny alien reviews. Do you happen to have this season's? Uh, oh, you know what? I ordered it. I ordered the whole thing, and it hasn't arrived. Oh. Sorry. So I have to. I have I to email the guy. I, I bought and paid for it. Oh, I hope it get. I hope and it I arrives. That would be really. Oh, yeah, I, don't, I ordered it a long time ago. I gotta look. I gotta we'll check look up into on that. that. All right. Well, I yeah. think, uh, Doctor, if there's nothing more to talk about with this episode, we can come to our uh, to our ratings for this one. Uh, I'll go first. <laughs> I think this episode for me well, is an eight. I uh, I give it a Whoa. seven. I I mean. An eight is fine, but I, I think uh, in my head it was a seven before you said an eight. No, it's you know, fine. Maybe we don't you know. always have to agree. That's the whole point of, right. well, <laughs> of our discussions. Uh, but no, I, I find no fault with this episode at all. I think the only fault, the only the, the I mean, it's it's only because of its scheduling, but it's no fault of the episode itself. Is is that I think we, family we had fatigue way too much. Fam- we have family fatigue, and it doesn't end here. <laughs> it continues in the next one, you know. And Wait, it does? Yeah, Worf's kid. Oh, that's right. <laughs> season four is all about the family. I thought it was like season seven, but I was wrong. It's totally season... Season seven also has a lot of family crap. <laughs> uh, but I don't think the episodes are as good as the ones... I mean, if, it, if anything, they're not as good I- as... The ones we I always here. liked because this is I always like you know I always liked the the family episodes way back when we were yes you did them. I think the reason I gave this episode an eight is because it's a delightful episode we get introduced to a really cool character but this is one of the times where I think you know the the eight comes strictly from a current place perspective if i'd if we if star trek was just airing and we didn't know what was coming ahead i think i would have rated this episode a lot higher because it is exciting and like you said i don't find any flaws with it but in the in a grander picture we don't get anything else with ishara yar and she's such a cool character and it's a shame that we never see her again or hear from her or anything like that so it would have been neat would you what would you have liked to have what what scenario do you think? Well, I think I think that like it would have been back. really cool if somehow uh, she pops up again, maybe with the Maquis plot, or uh, you know, like let's say that you know we find out that maybe this uh, the the cadres collapse and the planet is in disarray, but Ishara decides enough is enough and she actually moves on but she doesn't join starfleet maybe because she's too embarrassed for what she, of what she did to the crew so she ends up finding another cause to fight for and she she the maquis appeals to her um wow, or she could have gone on to ds9 and and been part of the resistance with the bajorans and and we could have seen her on ds9 it wouldn't have been on next generation but again just a, a, a cool character comes rarely and it's a shame that you know we don't see her again and i like that she's a yar i like that there's a connection it's a great opportunity to keep audiences engaged with like a familiar family if you will (laughs) what do you think of that doctor (laughs) well i think that marquee story is really interesting i wish wish that up right now (laughs) I never thought about it. It's another episode of yeah, Pasteur. We could have done, done this in, in our uh, Star Trek Pasteur episode. We'd love to hear from uh, the audience. What do you think? Do you think Ishara Yar should have come back? And if so, how would you like to have seen her play out in the Star Trek universe? You know, the, these are the kind of things I like to discuss in our season wrap-up, <laughs> the- where we look at the characters that we really that really stood out over the season and did not come back. And uh, I agree with you. I think this is this is one that merited uh, possibility of, of coming back. Uh, she obviously made a, a strong connection with Data. 
she made a. I mean, she seemed to make a strong impression yeah. on everybody, and and there was definitely, uh, you know, plot to grind with that. What you just said, she would have had shame because of what how she betrayed the crew. So maybe she would not have gone into Starfleet, and then the subsequent story would have been her coming to terms with what she did, and maybe finally coming to Starfleet. That would have been uh, awesome too. And then maybe eventually facing off against uh, her. What is what is Sela? <laughs> I don't know what it, she is to her. Her it would be her niece actually. And could you imagine that? Like you don't have your mother, <sighs> but you have oh, your aunt. Complicated. And then you know, like I don't know. There could have been so. It looks just like I, yeah, I mean, Roman I, I version know. of that, her sister. That could have been, there could have been a lot going on there. But alas, <laughs> she could have been a character who could have seen good in her mm-hmm. because of all those years of hating her sister, and then and then finding out that uh, that she actually has an evil, has an evil aunt. Looks like, really, like, <laughs> I don't evil know niece. Uh, <laughs> That's like, an evil niece. Sorry, she's the aunt. It was would have been an evil niece, and then a great opportunity for Denise Crosby to act. Uh, alongside uh, Beth Toussaint, I think the two of them that would have been a neat, a neat thing. And like, you know, Sila could have even been like, "My mother spoke of you," or I don't know, something. You know, it could have there could have been a lot of interesting, weird yeah. things there. But you know, get yeah. <laughs> I don't know how no one's picked up on this possibility. Well, just sometimes, sometimes it just happens. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the Star Trek universe, so I, I can kind yes, of understand that. And on that note. Doctor, I really appreciate this. I'm glad we got one in the bank. <laughs> Live long and prosper. We'll live and long we'll and prosper. see you next time. All right. <laughs>